you set the tone for your podcast by how you sound and how you interact with the audience. So there's a lot of elements to it, you know, obviously preparation and planning and uh, practice, all those things. Welcome to Audio Branding, the hidden gem of marketing. Sound plays a more important role in human behavior and our decision-making than you may realize. In this podcast, I'll help you understand the art and science of sound so you can better influence others in business and your life. I'm your host, Jody Krangle. Let's delve a little deeper. This is the second part of our Clubhouse discussion about the power of voice and improving how we communicate with guest expert Dan Friedman. I have heard that yeah. if you speak a word in a lower tone, that it has a greater authenticity. Like, for instance, you know, the end of a word. Like, if you're saying this and it's authentic, then, you know, someone like when it's a lower tone, people just tend to pay more attention to it. Am I wrong about that? I, I heard that somewhere and I can't even remember where I heard it, that, that a lower gotcha. pitch on a particular word can emphasize it in a way that makes it appear more trustworthy. Well, we do know that when we tend to be more authoritative, I'm going to, I'm going to burp here. I, and I'm sorry about that. I'm drinking a seltzer and I'm, I feel there's it that like little mute button so I, in the top portion <laughs> there that you're welcome to I'm, use. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay. I got more air, so I think I'm okay. good now. Um, <laughs> no, I, you, you, the thing is, is when we think of authoritative, which is a very, I mean, it's one of our kind of core attitudes that we bring to voiceover in particular, and really as a speaker too. If you're authoritative, then you do tend to be a little bit more precise with your words and you tend to speak them with a downward inflection or a stronger inflection. However, if you want to sound happy and friendly, then we do tend to lift things up more. And that's okay. It doesn't have to sound like a question just because we're raising our inflection. So you're right about the downward inflection sounding more authoritative and a little bit more trustworthy. I don't know if that's exactly the, you know, the right. I don't know that that's the right description for that, but I would definitely say more authoritative tends to end down and stronger. More friendly tends to be a little bit more up. And authoritative will also must usually have less melody in the in the voice, in the phrases. So it'll be a little bit more like this. You're going to use lower tones, lower notes. It's going to sound more authoritative and you're going to use less of them. More friendly stuff is way different. It's a lot more melody. It's more notes are happening and we're ending things up a lot more. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And for voiceover in particular, when you think about your character, sure. uh, whatever your script is, if you're thinking authoritative versus friendly, Though that's two very quick ways if you want to submit two auditions for the same thing and you're not quite sure which way they're going to go, just think about those, those just that, that one element, ending things down versus ending things up, right? That's going to, that's going to change it uh, and change the mood for the listener for sure. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love this. It's really interesting information and, uh, and definitely something that those of us who, especially in voiceover, but even if you're just having a conversation where you want to feel like you know what you're talking about, <laughs> that's, uh, it's very helpful. 
Oh, yeah, absolutely. So do you have any case studies of people, you don't need to mention names or anything like that, but uh, of people that you've worked with that you've seen a really pronounced um, improvement after you've started working with them? Oh, my goodness. I have several students who... Right before the right right before the pandemic, things of course you know got all weird at the pandemic. But right before the pandemic, I had two students who had just booked national campaigns. So in this within just a couple months of each other, neither one of them had been voice actors at all really before they oh, started. Really? The first one was a, a yeah the first one was a theater oh, cool. teacher. Uh, he actually taught mm-hmm. high school, and the other did like uh, did traffic. Uh, on the radio um yeah so uh both of them booked national campaigns uh right before the pandemic congratulations to them that is fantastic yeah absolutely and it was so funny because one of them i actually auditioned for as well um and of course the happiest i can ever be to lose an lose a job is when it's to one of my students and i used to go to the gym every morning and i swear that commercial ran at least four or five times in the in the half hour (laughs) I was there on like all the networks. It just drove me crazy. Oh, I'm like, wow. oh my goodness. I'm like, well, at least he made a killing on good. it. That's yeah. good. Wow. Well, I mean, it's a testament to your help, right? So yeah, that's that's fantastic. Uh, what about you. Um, people public thank speaking? You. Do you do you speak with uh, or or coach people who are just learning how to speak better? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think again, like this this world now is really not just a, I like to say on my, uh, I think I said, it says on my uh, website that I can help voice actors sound like real people and real people sound more like pro voice actors. <laughs> I love that. Um, yeah, because, you know, it's so funny, like the castings that we get in voiceover these days, so often it is um, real people, conversational, off the cuff, that sort of thing. And then, of course, they don't really want real people most of the time because real people tend to not really bring much emotion to the read. And that's OK if you're just, you know, want to do an unannouncer kind of thing and just a real wry read. Uh, but it doesn't really work under all circumstances. Now, uh, for uh, real people who want to sound more like pro voices, I'm not talking about turning them into voice actors necessarily. However, because we are in such an audio driven world now, it is really important that if you, especially if you're running a podcast and you want more listeners or you want listeners to stick with you, then you really have to be compelling enough that they are going to want to continue to listen and tune in every week, right? Repeat listeners is just like repeat customers. And we always want them to be, we want them to be repeat customers and repeat listeners. That's, that's what keeps it going. Yeah. So any thoughts on someone who has a podcast maybe and wants to be compelling to listeners that way? Yeah, absolutely. Well, reach out to me uh, for sure. And uh, I'd be happy to work with you. The most important thing with um, <clears throat> the most important thing with, uh, you know, podcasting and all of that, like I said, is really holding on to your listeners. So, Jody, you do a fantastic job of asking questions and uh, keeping people, uh, you know, in, in this room interested in what's going on. You're really excellent at all that. And of course, all of those things are very important when you're a podcaster, your interviewing skills, your ability to get to the core of the story with whoever it is that you're 
talking to or working with or interviewing. And not all podcasts are necessarily interviews either. They are very interactive, like clubhouse rooms and whatnot. But even still, you have to have the ability to be compelling and get to the story. And that's honestly, it's not just the sound of your voice, but the sound of your voice is certainly a large element to that and to how you're going to sound like the voice of authority or sound like the, you know, a friendly voice of authority, whatever it is, you know, you set the tone for your podcast by how you sound and how you interact with the audience. So there's a lot of elements to it, you know, obviously preparation and planning and uh, practice, all those things. Yeah. Practice all those things. and uh, definitely learning the ins and outs of interviewing is a big one. If you have an interview podcast, um, knowing that you're listening and then asking questions of your guest, not just following a, a set list mm -hmm. of questions, for instance. Um, yeah. So the whole active sure. listening thing is really important as well. <laughs> I, I, I say all the time, the learning oh, totally, happens yeah. in the listening. So when I, when I assign my students homework or when I'm working with my students, uh, we definitely do a lot of listening. Um, what I like to do is make comparisons uh, throughout our sessions, this read versus that read. And I encourage when they're doing their homework and reading scripts, I encourage them to do it then too. listen to your first read versus your last read. But I have tricks to help you do it uh, in a way where you kind of reset your brain every single time. Because one of the biggest problems that people have, whether they're practicing a speech or re really recording their voice for any reason, uh, a lot of times what they'll do is they will record it and then they'll listen back and they'll, I didn't like that. And then they'll do it again. And then they'll listen back. Oh, that was a little bit, you know, this, that, that was good, but this was bad. And basically, but the problem is you're stuck in your own Four. loop. You know, you're stuck in your own feedback <laughs> you need loop a coach. in that way. So, yeah. It, well, you, you absolutely need a coach, but there are definitely ways that we can break you out of that so that you are approaching each read and each script, especially in a unique way. And, you know, basically allowing yourself to, to kind of clear your head so that when you go back to reread or when you go back to listen again, that you are listening with, as I say, fresh ears. Fresh ears are so important. You really need time to separate yourself. So when you are doing that loop of recording, listen back, record it again, listen back, you know, you're, you're really just stuck in this loop and it's, it's really not benefiting you most of the time. Things are not going to yeah. improve very quickly that way, but I definitely have tricks and tips that we can, uh, you know, that I help students with all the time. Do you to have help one that you could maybe that. preview for us? Nah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, well, one of the most, you know, one of the most fun and extreme things to just really get out of your rut, if you realize you're in a rut, is to do your script as a cartoon character. Just pick your favorite cartoon character and then reread the entire script in that cartoon character's voice. And then don't, don't think, don't do anything else. As soon as you've gone through it as that cartoon character, go right back to it in your normal way. And I guarantee you it will be a different read than what you did prior. And probably many takes prior. Uh, <laughs> you, 
yeah, just just anything to reset your brain, to trick your brain into saying, mm-hmm. I've got to do something mm-hmm. different. So an extreme choice is to pick a cartoon That's character a good one, yeah. like that. I know we're all dealing with a lot these days, so I really wanted to acknowledge those that have gone out of their way to leave an honest review of this podcast. Like Edith, who writes, excellent job. I will recommend this podcast to my friend who is now working on their company branding. I believe that sound plays a great role in their company's brand, and I'm sure she will like this recommendation. Excellent job, Jody. Thanks so much, Edith. I'm so glad you and your friend find the podcast useful. I really appreciate your comments. And for those of you that are interested, you can also leave a voice review now off of the main podcast page. It's super simple, and I'd love to hear what you think. Now, back to the show. I've heard one where you emphasize every single word so that you are speaking very, (laughs) with a lot of enunciation, and then, you know. Yeah, I could could see, I could see that. Um, my, 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 my only concern with something like that would be is if you, for instance, like we often, uh, I like to, you know, tell my students to put a cork in their mouth Mm -hmm. so that they can enunciate a lot more clearly. Right. But then as soon as you take the cork out of your mouth, you're enunciating very clearly with everything. Um, and, and if, and in voiceover in particular, if your character did not call for that type of enunciation, then it yeah, might it depends on what you're doing. Your I think that would work better if you were doing medical narration as opposed right. to a cartoon character. <laughs> yes, of yeah, perhaps. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I mean, sometimes yeah, every exactly. hour. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I'm just going to reset the room just a little bit because if people have any questions for Dan about improving the sound of their voice or the way that they speak or their communication skills, by all means, raise your hand. We are happy to have you up on stage and you can ask any questions you might like. Um, and uh, welcome, Jennifer and Sonia. We're glad you're here. And uh, yeah, um, it's it's great to see people interested in this subject because I think it is a very powerful and important one. Gosh, it it, it really is. Uh, like I said at the top, you know, especially these days now that we have so many audio plat audio only platforms that people are so interested in podcasts mm-hmm. in particular clubhouse these are great examples of you know we don't have the benefit of seeing people mm-hmm. uh in these cases and therefore it's much more important that we're compelling with our voices alone yeah. to get them to listen and nobody's into oh, so hearing true. the old dj yeah. sound so either, uh, here's a question really. for you then how does someone who has that type of voice train themselves yeah. out of it do you have like any tricks for that Oh, it's so interesting. So as I, I say this a lot, you know, vo- people come into voiceover in particular so many different ways. A lot of people come from broadcasting and radio, in which case they have some really great skills, but they often love the sound of their voice just a little too much. <laughs> On the other hand, you get theater people who project for the entire room. Uh, so both of those people have skills that are very helpful. Uh, toward what we do as voice actors. However, they also have some skills that need to be broken a little bit, some habits that need to be broken because it it can be difficult if you've got that radio thing going on. It's a little hard to get out of that, right? So there are, we can tone that down a little bit and we can fix things to get them sound 
eh, just a little bit more off the cuff, right? Uh, that sort of thing. And if you're a theater person projecting to the entire room, then most of the time we just kind of have to dial back the volume, get a little bit more intimate, making sure that we're speaking to one person. And that's actually true for most everybody, when it, if you're doing a speech uh, to a room full of people or a TED talk or you're a professor, a lot of times people even think about, uh, well, uh, I'm, I'm, and, and you can ask them too if they're reading a script. Oh, you know, who are you talking to? Well, I'm a professor. I'm speaking to a room full of people. Well, that's great, except that that's not going to connect with anybody. Because if you think about it, communication is a connection between somebody making sound and somebody listening to sound. And if you're trying to make sound and spread that connection out to 100 people, well, that connection is going to be pretty weak by comparison to making a strong connection with one person intentionally making a, uh, that communication a connection with one person and then more likely all these other people are going to hop on board as though you were talking to them and it doesn't matter whether that's a real person or an imaginary person as long as you as the speaker are connecting with one person uh, then you will most likely connect with a lot more than that it's just like us just like a song, you know, artists, songwriters, often they're not writing songs for masses of people. They're talking about very intimate experiences. And hopefully those songs connect with other people. And it's very similar with our voices, too. So if you're always thinking about speaking to one person, you will more than likely connect with many. And think of it as nobody shares ears, right? So everybody hears and takes in the information that they are absorbing uh, differently. But by connecting with one person, it gives those individuals a chance to take it in or, or reject it uh, rather than trying to speak to lots and lots of people and not really having a focus because then it just, the, com the initial communication mm -hmm. and that connection, yeah. it just isn't strong to begin with. So do you, when you're speaking to one person, do you picture one person in particular? Does it depend on what script you're doing? Oh, yes, absolutely. Especially in commercials, for instance, you know, we have a I have a whole process of how we break that down. You want to have a clear idea, for instance, of what the advertiser might want as far as the demographics go for who they're trying to s communicate with. But the thing is, is that when you don't necessarily have to match those demographics exactly, as long as you can connect with one person that that makes it believable for you as long as that person is believable to you then whether they fit the demographics of the advertiser or not it, it really may not yeah. make a difference and mm -hmm. of course it is different based on you know all those factors because a 17 year old doesn't absorb the same information in the same way as a 70 year old even though they might both be very interested in what that communication is all about they may both use that same product or service but they 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 take in information differently, and we have to be somewhat conscious of how we communicate with them. Yeah, yeah, this is really fascinating. I'm loving where this is going. <laughs> awesome, well, thank you. Uh, yeah. So, um, do you uh, help public speakers become better at reaching when they're standing in front of audiences? So, you you had mentioned when you were just speaking now about speaking to one person, how would you do that if you're standing on a stage in front of a bunch of people? Yeah, absolutely. I think that 
um, you know, certainly having now been a singer on stage, there's a lot of techniques to get over stage fright and things like that. But I think as a public speaker, when you're putting your speech together or put, depending on what it is, right, it might be a little bit more off the cuff. It might be a little bit more uh, scripted. But when you're scripted, there's certainly we can use these building blocks of voice to help you sound more natural and more comfortable, including uh, speaking to one person. If it's a little less scripted, then oftentimes, you know, you'll just have bullet points and things like that. And and those folks often don't really have much trouble communicating uh, effectively with their information because sometimes they just know their information so well that they can go ahead and be a little bit more off the cuff. And that will be, uh, tends to be a little bit more natural. That doesn't mean that they're necessarily great speakers though. So we can, we can fix both things, right? Uh, those who are too so scripted that they sound stiff, and then those who are uh, not scripted at all, and they sound kind. Uh, and, and while their information is great, and they can be a little bit more flexible in the way that they present it, um, we can still get them to be uh, reeled in a little bit to where it's uh, a much more focused message and communication overall. Mm-hmm. I think I answered the question. <laughs> <laughs> Are you looking for ways to improve your company's or podcast's impact? You'd be surprised how powerful the use of an intentional audio branding strategy can be. Want to know more? I have a free downloadable PDF that gives you my five tips for implementing an intentional audio strategy at voiceoversandvocals.com slash audio branding strategy. That location does ask to put you on a mailing list just to send you updates on when the new podcasts come out. But if you really don't want to give your email out, I understand. Just contact me directly. My email is all over my website. And I'll make sure you get that PDF without needing to sign up anywhere. If you do sign up, though, you also get access to a resources section called The Studio, where I have videos, white papers and PDFs, discounts from my guests, and snippets of audio from my guests that no one else gets to hear. So maybe it's worth your while. Totally up to you. And of course, if you're looking for voiceovers, you can get in touch with me about that, too. Now, back to the podcast. Do you ever get someone to just like individually look at each person in the audience? Maybe that helps them just speak to the one person? Uh, You know, I don't really... I think that that is going to be very much based on the speaker as to whether or not that they actually like that. Good point. Yeah. Um, I know that when I first got up on stage to sing, thankfully, I was already comfortable on stage because as a speaker. So it wasn't very new to me, but my singing instructor was mentioning picking out focal points in the room, basically kind of towards the back of the room. Like when I was going to do my first big show, she was like, okay, so you know, you're going to get up there. You're going to be really nervous. All these things that she was saying, I actually didn't feel that nervous, thankfully. Um, But, uh, you know, find focal points in the room that you can turn to so that you're not always staring at one person or you're not always staring at one thing. So find focal points. And of course, this is very much a public speaking thing rather than a a recorded voice thing. Mm. But yeah, find focal points that you can look at and kind of turn to is like home base, you know, so if you get nervous or get uncomfortable or get a little, you know, suddenly get a little self-conscious, you know, find a focal point, take a nice big diaphragmatic breath 
and move on. Oh, yeah. The power of a sigh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's pretty powerful. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Some of the uh, some of the people that I have spoken to about this have mentioned that if you pick someone that is reacting to you in a positive way in a consistent manner within that audience, then you can focus on that person, you know, not all the time, but if you find yourself sure. getting nervous, that one person could be a really good focal point. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And you have to remember too that most of the time when you are up there speaking to a room full of people, those people are there because they want to hear you. So think of think of you being up there to communicate with them as a gift. You know, you're you're gifting your information to them. And maybe they've paid to see you mm -hmm. and and in return they're gifting you the the money that they paid to see you. But they're there because they want to learn from you. And even if it's a, a not paid thing, right? Um, if you're up on stage, you're there for a reason. And if there's people in the crowd, they're there for a reason. And that reason is because they want to hear what you have to say. And that and that's a gift for both Yeah, of that's you. a good point. They do want you to succeed. That's why you're on stage right. and they're in the audience. They're listening to you. <laughs> Absolutely. So it, it should be... It's very easy, especially artists. <laughs> we all get into our heads. We all get self-conscious. We're all commonly our own worst critics. Uh, however, you know, and I and it does take a little bit of wisdom and experience, I think, for many people to get to this point in life where they realize like, uh, oh, you know, the, these people want to hear what I have to say. Um, and, and hopefully communicated very effectively. And if you're a speaker, then all the better, right? Because you'll feel good about it in the end. They'll feel good about it because not only did they get the information they wanted, but they got it in a compelling way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I'm liking that a lot. Uh, so folks, we have four minutes left before the end of this uh, very enlightening talk here. And if anyone has any questions or comments they'd like to make before we end up uh, saying sayonara, <laughs> Uh, by all means, let us know. We are here for your questions. So um, let us know if you have anything that you want to ask. And uh, yeah, I've really enjoyed this conversation, Dan. I've learned a lot myself too. So thank you, Jody. I appreciate it. And certainly if anybody, you know, I realize this can be a rather intimidating format for people who aren't doing this uh, or who aren't voice talent. But if you are, you know, needing to be a speaker uh, or going to be a speaker with whatever your profession is, or you want to become a voice talent, or you've thought about voice acting work, I, I definitely encourage people to reach out to me. Uh, my website is sound for v that's the number four. So sound the number four vo.com. And there's information there about uh, my coaching services and demo production. And of course, my own voiceover work is there. And I've written, I've been writing a blog on and off for over 10 years now, maybe, yeah. maybe 12. I can't even In remember. In a while. <laughs> um, so yeah, it really has. So there's lots of blog articles there and posts about everything from room acoustics to uh, performance things. And I just encourage you all to reach out and, uh, you know, let me help you. Uh, I, I would love to be able to help you become a better communicator, whoever you are and to whoever you have to communicate well, fantastic. with. Fantastic. Thank you, Dan. I was actually going to ask you to let people know how they could get in touch with you. So you, you took the words right out of my mouth. <laughs> 
<laughs> awesome. Well, I, of course, I'm on all the, you know, the social media mm-hmm. stuff, too. So uh, I think it's Dan Forvio on Instagram, uh, Dan Friedman on Facebook and uh I can't even remember what it is on LinkedIn, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm out there. You can find me. Just go to the website and there's all kinds of stuff. Also, I'm an audio engineer. I've been an audio engineer for actually more than 26 years now. So um, that's actually how I got into voice and voice acting and voice training and coaching and all of that was uh, by way of audio engineering. So I actually wrote a book for that too, for voice actors, especially and anybody really who needs to have a home studio situation. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I have that one and it's a good one. (laughs) Yeah, well done. (laughs) Well, thank you so much, Dan. I really appreciate you doing this with us today. And uh, yeah, I hope Uh, we can do it again sometime soon. Okay. Yeah, me too. Thanks. Well, that's the end of this episode. Thanks for listening. And if you like what you heard, why not tell a friend about this podcast? It's available in all the usual locations. Until next time. 